We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Uh, welcome back to the show. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories here in the world of physical therapy. I'm Jimmy McKay. I'll be your host tonight. Most nights, actually, because it's my living room. Broadcasting live from the Arius Medical Studios, also known as my living room. Uh, leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. Find them online at aureusmedical.com. Let your PT or PT license take you where you want to go. Geographically, in different settings, if there are people there, they need a great physical therapist or physical therapist assistant. So find them again, that website, aureusmedical.com. Uh, great show for you tonight. We're getting behind a common question of discussion. We've seen this this topic come up in the past. I'm still terribly curious about what goes on behind the scenes, right? What makes a great physical therapy school admission or student? What what does it look like? I'm sure, there's lots of things, and I I feel like it depends. Will be one of those answers. I'm just I have this weird feeling that it depends. But we're gonna get inside the minds with uh, with three PT program chairs. And kind of just throw some questions at them and see what makes a great applicant. Uh, what are they looking for? What are the, some of the things they've seen? What are some of the funny things they've seen? I love asking questions like that. So we'll dig into that. Uh, the physics of how the show works. If you're watching live, we do broadcast live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you're doing it live, I want to know where you're watching from. So in the comments below, um, drop a comment. Let us know, hey, watching live from here. Just say hi. We kind of love when you interact. If you have a question, if you have a comment, don't hold back. Feel free to do that. But that's the way you interact. If you're watching the replay, uh, uh, excuse me, if you're watching this show on replay, drop the word replay and the same thing. We, I just love to find out where the listeners uh, are tuning in from. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, and uh, Spotify, wherever great podcasts are heard. We're right there behind the great podcasts in the OK section of the podcast uh, world. So uh, without further ado, and you know how much I love ado, let's bring in tonight's guests from Marymount University, from A.T. Still University, and from Sacred Heart University, Sky Donovan, Lori Bordenave, and Chris Petrosino. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. I'm excited that you guys are taking some time out uh, from what I know. It's in the academic year, so you guys must be crazy busy. Uh, but we love to have good conversations. First off, uh, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for coming out. And the first question is always the hardest. What are we drinking tonight? We'll go, we'll go, we'll go clockwise. We'll go start with Sky Donovan, who was uh, the professor and chair at my alma mater, Marymount University. Scott, I'm having a very unfortunate situation, total rookie move. I have this delicious Star Hill Wild Heart, but I have no bottle opener right next to me. So I'm just looking at it um, out of Charlottesville, Virginia. So I'll drink that later. All right. Okay. Well, maybe <laughs> someone at, in your home, in your domicile is watching this live stream. I, I can text my 16-year-old son and say, bring oh. me a bottle opener. I think that's a. I think that's an excellent parenting move. <laughs> All right, so you got some Star Hill. We'll go down to the bottom right-hand corner with Lori. What do you got? Okay, I'm drinking a Blue Moon tonight. I like that from the bottle. And Chris, I'm down with you. What do you got? Yeah, I always go with the wheats, but this time I went with a New England IPA. It's a Two Juicy Ooh. from Two Roads Brewery here in Connecticut. Two Roads. I like that. And I, I'm going with a vodka soda. But I'm drinking it from, I think Sky will appreciate this. She got me this pint glass from the the deep end was the bar. Uh, I was a swim, I was a kid swim coach while in PT school, and the bar at the pool was called the deep end. And this was the deep end appreciation day, better known as dead. So cheers to you guys. So cheers. Thanks so much for coming on the show and enjoying a drink with us. Yeah. Uh, first round is brought to you by our friends at Owens Recovery Science. They are a single source for PTs looking for uh, certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training, the BFR, as the cool kids are calling it these days. Uh, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. Seen a lot of stuff going around with Alex Smith of the uh, of the um, Washington football, Washington football team. Washington football yeah. team. Uh, and his recovery after, I, I think it was like a, it was like an anniversary today, I believe. Um, I saw Stefania Bell uh, tweeting some stuff about it. Well, Johnny Owens and his team and BFR was part of that recovery. So kind of a cool, cool twist to when to get physical therapy on a main stage. So yeah, their website owns recovery science.com. All right. So, um, the show I've had this kind of discussion. Um, I think it's a, it's a great setup too, cause we've got Sky Donovan. So you're the chair of Marymount where I went to school. We've got Lori chair of AT still, 
and our producer Juliet. That's where she goes to school behind the scenes, and then also behind the scenes, current student um, Bridget Nolan at Sacred Heart University. So we're really tying the things in. These are the giants upon the shoulders that we stand, right? Is that what we're saying? Um, so the, the episode kind of came out of this, which is what makes a really, really good PT school applicant? And I feel like I tipped it off in the intro. It's going to depend. We want diversity. We want uh, variability. So if someone asks you that, because when people find out what you do for a living, I'm sure you get this question. Let's go around the horn. How do you typically respond? Or what's your what's your typical gut and go-to reaction? Sky, we'll go with you first. Uh. Thank you. The first thing I usually say is somebody who's strong academically, but then someone who's got a lot of grit. Uh, there's a lot of things that being just a graduate student in any field doesn't even have to be health. There, there is a lot of situational stress that occurs and uh, someone that has a good emotional IQ and that can ask questions when they need to, admit when they don't understand something um, and, and learn from their mistakes. I think those are, you know, two things that that really differentiate student, good students for me. Yeah. All right. So grit really being the resounding uh, overall response from Sky. We'll go to Lori. Uh, what's your go-to response when someone says, what's a, what's a good applicant? How can I be better? What's, what's a good, what's good mean? So I would probably say all of those same things that Sky just talked about are really important. So being a good student, you know, the programs are all academically challenging. So you have to be a good student. Um, and also being able to kind of stick to something and persevere through something. I mean, right now, that's huge, right? Um, and so, but even in normal times, PT school is hard. I tell people that all the time, hey, it's hard. And um, so I think that you have to be able to, to, to tolerate that. Um, I also think that coming in and being passionate about, and I'm, you know, we see this all the time on applications, I want to help people. But I do think that having a passion for wanting to help people um, as a healthcare provider is probably really important too. Because if you kind of go into this thinking that, you're going to make big bucks or that you're going to, I don't know. Do we not you make have to want to help individual people? Cause that's what right. we do. Right. Um, I, I like that a lot. I think you're, I think you're getting a little further into the onion and I, I appreciate it. Do you want to say hi to some people? Check it in from Ohio. We got Toby from Ohio state, Katie Sutton, another friend saying hi. Uh, we got Dunstan from uh, New Jersey. All right, Chris, you've heard uh, the lady's response. We got grit. Strong academically, right? I think sort of when you get through when you get through some of these application processes, uh, the academics are going to be something that you're measuring. Driven, passionate. What would you add to that? Yeah, those are a lot of things that we would pull in for sure. So that, especially the academic prepared, um, just ready to change gears too. So I'll throw that in there because you're going from undergraduate to a doctoral degree program. So you know, getting the mindset that you're in there not just to get grades anymore, but you're there to, to learn for a profession and actually apply what you're doing. And you're learning to take care of others. So as Lori had said, the care and compassion, we hear that all the time, but you have to have that academic preparedness too, that Sky had mentioned in the grit that we were talking about. And those are, you know, I think you're gonna hear that echoing that between all of us about the grit and the emotional intelligence piece, the maturity, the ability to handle not just your own emotions, but to care for others during that time. Yeah, and yeah. We look for that in the application process. So, all right, so that, that's leading me to my next question, right? So I got the list, I'm taking notes still. I'm not reapplying to PT school anyway, but I feel like these things are just good to kind of have be as a person, right? But you're trying to make sure that you can transmit if you if you are this on paper, how do you bring that out? So we'll go around the horn again. Let me reshuffle the deck here so everybody knows what order they're going in. There we go. Um, so how do you how do you transmit these in? Because a lot of times it's um, I know for Marymount it was an application and then it was an in person group and individual uh, interview. Um, and then I got to wait by the phone or the email inbox for a couple of weeks and hold my breath. Um, so let's set the stage. Lori and Chris, is that similar to what you guys do in terms of an application process, interviews? Absolutely. We, we do have interviews, yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't weight our interviews very um, heavily in our decision-making process, um, but they, they do help us to discern things about applicants relative to their maturity, relative to their ability to communicate effectively um, with another person. 
Um, and so we use our interviews in a less formal way than I know some programs do. Okay. And Chris, you guys interviews as well. We do. And, um, you know, that's sort of the end point. So if you meet those minimum requirements, then you're accepted for an interview. Then once you come into the interviews, we do have a group interview that's more focused on how do you decision make and problem solve. It's not necessarily a PT scenario, but it's something that all of you have to work together as a group to solve. And we do have the individual. And right now it's two students with one faculty member that you walk through and kind of just get to know each other a bit better because you're interviewing them, but they're also interviewing you as a PT school too. Right. Absolutely. So we'll get to that. So number one, I think the lesson we just learned is realize that this is an interview. And Sky, you and I talked a couple hours ago about, hey, you know, this is this is an interview. What do you think as a guy who interviews people, right? I don't want to be stealing your, your question for me, but I'll just bring it out. Um, and I remember doing that is, um, the, I, I tell people it's all the time for a job interview or any interview. This is not a contest, right? This is not like a reality TV. I'm not trying to get the rose here at the rose ceremony and win. Um, the goal is really to make sure that you give and receive information. So when you walk out of that room, if someone were to call and say, what was that school about? You have everything that you wanted to know asked or to be answered by the person sitting across from you and then respond well and be able to transmit th these things via an interview um, and bring them up in, I always say conversation, but narrative, right? I mean, that's that's probably the best way to do it is how do you, how do you frame this in a story? How else can someone get these across? Because, man, I was nervous in these interviews um, as, a, as an applicant. So, Sky, what would you suggest? And how do you, how do you get these things to jump off the paper? Well, I think um, before we get there, it's really interesting. So you have three different um, viewpoints be, by the way that they are uh, weighted uh, at, the, at different universities. So I think applicants really need to do their homework because Marymount's the complete opposite to AT Still, where we sort of use the the bar as if you got an interview then you're all on level playing field so the interview is actually the most heavily weighted portion of our interview so someone who would be coming to us would want to really spend a lot of time practicing exactly what you're saying jimmy that how do they get those parts of their personality across how can they come across as being authentic that's probably the most important thing that we're looking for um but if you know, you are going to AT still, then you want to make sure you meet that threshold. So it's probably get, you know, your academic credentials up higher. Um, so I think everybody just needs to, it, it's challenging for the applicants because PT CAS is what almost all of the programs use. So it, it almost tricks you into thinking all of the prerequisites in terms of how to get in, not the, not the courses that you need to take. Um, are the same for all of the universities when they're all very different. So I think it really helps to dive into each one of the individual websites, talk to prior students that have been there so that you can best prepare for, you know, putting yourself in the best light for that program. Know what sport you're competing in or know what, know what things are being judged, right? It sounds like a decathlon. Like some, it's going to be varied, so make sure you understand which, which programs are waiting what uh, in different ways. Uh, Lori, what do you think in terms of how do you get this stuff, all these great things, how to get them to jump off the page? You know, I think that's a really great question that, um, and that applicants often ask is, you know, how, how am I going to be, how are you going to know that you want me to come to your program, right? And um, so I always tell applicants, make sure that you're spending time filling out that PTCAS application because I don't know you. And you have students say, oh, I met you because I came for a tour. Uh, okay, well, you and 20 other people. So, you know, I don't really remember that. Um, but make sure that what's on that paper really represents who you are as an applicant. And so I, my advice to applicants is make sure you put everything that you do, even if you don't think it applies to PT school, right? So maybe you were a room monitor at your church for some activity, and that was volunteerism that you did over the course of four or five years. Put it down. You might not think it's important, but maybe one of the programs that you're applying to does because they look for someone to volunteer on a consistent basis within an organization. Um, you know, maybe you worked at the Humane Society. You may not think that's important, but honestly, to me, anytime you engage with other human beings, 
is related to PT, right? Because that's what we do as PTs. So um, I would say put everything down. And, and one of the ways to make sure that you do that and that you have everything on that application that's pertinent is to find somebody who knows you, who loves you, and who wants you to go to PT school. And that may not be the same person. Um, and it may not be who you think it is, but someone who knows you, loves you, and wants you to go to PT school to look at your application before you click that submit button wow. and to say, is everything about me on there? If you read this, would you know something about me as a person? And I think that that's a really helpful strategy for applicants to use to make sure that paper represents them. Wow. wow. Such, a, Such good a good idea. idea. Oh, can oh, we can just, we just turn, turn down? Turn down the, I'm hearing myself. Hear myself. I want to hear my but great idea because uh, if you can come across on paper, right? But what you put down, you're like, well, I, I said everything. How many times have we been caught there, right? Well, I said everything. Everything's on there, and it's actually not. Well, what about that big gigantic service learning trip that you went on? Oh yeah, you just assume everybody knows something, but a friend, somebody knows you well. Like, where's that major part of you? Where's that personality? So that's a great piece of advice, which is before you hit that submit button, which I think can, can work in this situation as well with a resume, right? Because that, that organization is trying to figure out who you are, what type of person you are. Having someone who maybe isn't even in the field, just look, who knows you well, you know, and cares and says, hey, what about what about this? Gosh, that's such a great idea. All right, Chris, good luck following that. <laughs> well, I'll follow up on that just with things that Lori had said too, because everything that you put in there should be telling somebody on that on that admissions committee who you are. So if it doesn't make, if you don't know what you've put in there or why you put it in there, it shouldn't be in there too. So you should put it in there to talk to your admissions committee and let them know who you are as you're putting it in there. And it should have a point to it of why that's in your application yeah. also. So as you write in there about your um, experiences, if you did some volunteer experiences, was it because of your social responsibility? Was it something that you're doing because you're reaching out to people and showing your care for them and your compassion? Because we say we're caring and compassion. That's why you're entering the profession. But those are examples that really demonstrate those those values that you have that's coming forward. And that could come through in the people that you choose to write your references. It could come through in your essays. It could come through in your letters of application. Whatever's being asked from the school, you can decide on what content to put in there to make them understand who you are and why you're a better applicant than others. Yeah, be really thoughtful about what you're selecting because you're, you're really, what you're doing is your application is telling a story and realizing that there are uh, dozens or hundreds of other students who are trying to fill out that application. But there's a human, bless you. There's a human, and I appreciate everything during COVID. Nice move. Um, and there's a human on the other side of that app, that application process, reading that, and they're going to have to spend. I don't know. I mean, how long? I guess that's a good question too, right? How long are, are you? Are people able to actually spend on each individual application, like ballpark? It's a learned skill. Uh, I probably spend 20 minutes on the first pass and then, you know, categorize people like green, yellow, red. And then usually, you know, when somebody's a green um, and I spend the most time actually in the yellow because I want to make sure there wasn't something that I missed and that I was in a really good mood when I was reading their application. So I usually read those at least twice. Wow. That's great advice. Um, if you're thinking about that, if you're in the yellow category, right, and you're sitting there on the fence, you don't want to make sure you want to make sure everything is left on the field. So that's great advice from Chris, which is like, hey, make sure everything's on that field, because that could be the decision maker to move you from that yellow to the red or the yellow to the green. Um, approximate time. What do you think, Chris? How much time do you think you get with that? Oh, you know, if you're talking time, because we have a staged process because you have to meet all the minimum requirements. We don't see them until they've met those and then they're coming in for interviews. And then we see the full applications. And as we sit down and go through them, I like to read through all the ones that I'm interviewing. So we, we parse it out to the ones that we are specifically looking at and interviewing. We have a rubric for each of those criteria that we're looking at. So typically I take at least a couple hours or so, um, you know, the first day to read through all of them. That we're doing and then the next day right before the interviews i go through them again just a little bit more thoroughly so i know the person when they're coming in to speak with me so i can actually pinpoint some things that maybe it may have been interesting to me or things that i had a question about that i didn't understand or or wanted to get to know more about 
Yeah. So I, I would say a couple hours probably. Yeah. So make sure if, if someone's spending this this time, they get a really good taste, a really good feel of your story and your narrative. Uh, Laura, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I, I'm, I think we spend, ours is multi-stage, like Chris mentioned, um, his being, so there's a screening process and then they come to a faculty group that review the applications and they spend about 30 to 40 minutes with each application, um, depending upon how dense the application is. Um, and, uh, but they're screened before they get to that point for meeting the minimum academic requirements. So just hearing this from from just three programs, we're hearing that while they appear similar, right? And you look at, hey, every PT school is just the same. Well, no, we're, we're realizing that there's some differences. But I feel like there was, in, in terms of time spent with application, you're not blowing through these things. Like no, nobody's just kind of saying yay or nay and, and, and toss them into piles. You're being very thoughtful about that because this is a big deal. You're looking at what you're what your cohort is going to be made of for three years and how they're going to interact. Does that ever come into play? Do you feel like uh, I've got enough people who seem like they'd be a little bit like this? So are you going at it from a personality level at some point of how everybody will play in the sandbox? Does that ever come up? Scott, we'll go with you first. I'll say that we don't pit applicant versus applicant, but definitely through the interview process, I mean, and you went through it, so you could speak to this. They say you should never hire someone or admit someone based on fit. But what we do is, it, it's pretty evident, actually, through the questioning process. We spent a lot of time perfecting our questions, is to see the applicants who they themselves can see that this is a comfortable place for them and they want to be around this culture. So, and they can come from all different walks of life, which is one of the great things is that we have such a diverse pool to choose from where I am, which I'm very lucky, but um, you know, we, we, we try to ask questions that sort of get the applicant to reflect on their experience just that day. And then their experiences that they've had prior to see if, if they perceive that this is the right place for them. Yeah. And that goes back to the two way. This is an interview uh, two ways. Uh, Lori, uh, Chris, we'll go with uh, Lori first. Like same question, you know, as these things come together, I always say when we do episodes, themes just emerge that always happens. But are you looking for that as you're sorting uh, who, what, what, you know, students are going to be together for in a, in a group for a couple of years? We don't do that at all. Um, and that's partly because we use a rolling admissions process. So we're admitting applicants as they meet the criteria. And um, so our class just fills up and what it looks like is what it looks like. So we don't actually take that into account at all um, as we're looking at our applicants yeah, or okay. as we're filling our class. Right. And Chris, anything you wanted to add to that in terms of how things wind up coming together, personality or people skills or anything like that? Yeah, typically, as I'd mentioned, we have a rubric that we kind of rate on the interviews and, and see where people stand, but you're you're really being rated as an individual. So it's not a comparison between people, but there are some that rate higher and some that rate lower, depending on how they interacted in the group or how they interacted in the individual interviews. And that kind of starts to filter through and have some step towards the top and some towards the middle range or so. And there are some that, uh, you know, don't come in and have your head spin in circles and, uh, you know, don't wear something that's not appropriate to wear for an interview. Those types of things kind of put you on that lower end for the interview pieces. But uh, it's, it's sort of, we look at each individual and how they're coming in. All right, so you open the door. We're talking a lot about what to do, how to get these different things that you're talking about. Grit, uh, academics, uh, being driven, passionate, being versatile. Um, these are the things to do, how to do that. Make sure it's on paper, right? First of all, make sure the academics are sound. That's going to be the long play. That's, 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 the, that's the modicum of, uh, of acceptance. And then things you add on. Chris, open the door there. What are some things that you don't want to do? What, what can you do right? And then all of a sudden, you fumble on the one. Uh, anybody have any? I'm guessing, Chris, you've seen some people wear things that are inappropriate. How, how would you define that? Uh, you know, shortcut blouses, things of that sort, something that you would not wear to an interview. So this is an interview that's a professional interview and you're looking for a job per se. Your job will be a student when you get here. So you have to look professionally. We've had individuals come in um, sweatshirts and it, it's not appropriate. 
So, you know, that's automatic. It drops them down to the, one of the lowest levels in the interview scores. So they have to be conscious enough to know that they they need to be in a professional mode when they come in to interview. It's a professional program. You should act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So that's that's kind of presentation in terms of, of dress and attitude. Uh, you know, what's up, Sky Donovan? Anything that you've seen or experienced uh, in this? I'm kind of tipping my hand there. Yeah, so I had a student that walked into my office for the interview and they walked right in my door and said, what's up, Sky Donovan? And I was like, what's up is that you just did not get into PT school. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that, of course, but I thought it. Um, I've had a student, we serve food. Um, I had a student eat his lunch during my interview, like put his plate on my desk and was like eating the entire time. Um... I also really, this is a little controversial, but bringing your parents to the interview is also a very, it it sends the wrong message. Um, So, you know, we've actually had to establish a parent waiting room um, because we've had, that's been a trend for the past few years. But to, if you're showing that to the faculty, that's a little bit problematic because we're enrolling adults. So well, that's, that tips your hand slightly if you bring your parents. I can say it. That was me. I brought my dad with me for the thing. I remember my dad with me. Um, and we also have um, secret shoppers. So we have students that uh, wander around the hallways who are there just to answer questions, but they are also there and they have little pads of paper. So they will report into us. So if you are on your cell phone the entire time while you're in an interview and you're supposed to be engaged and, and finding out about the program, that's also not a great not a good showing. Look. Yeah, I was one of those secret shoppers a few times. And I remember hearing, you know, prospective students kind of bragging about things or like, oh, this school isn't as good as this and that and everything. I was like, hey, man, you want to be here. Door opens either way, push or pull. Like, so you're definitely on the, the naughty list. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the walls have eyes. So so pay attention. Lori, anything you you could yeah, say? Our, how do you we how, use our students that way, too. And two, two sort of funny uh, interview stories. Um, we had a student who came to me afterward after the interview was over and apparently the interviewee had shown up late, like 10 or 15 minutes late for the interview, which, you know, if you show up late and you're like, my car broke down, the traffic, there was a terrible accident on the freeway, you know, something like that. The people are going to be compassionate towards that. Her, her, what she said to the student was, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. Hmm. Well, then apparently it's not very important to you. So nice knowing you. Sort of like, what's up, Sky Donovan? Nice knowing you. And then um, we had another student talking about dress. The student, you know, try and find an iron. Like, that's not that complicated. Hang it in the shower or something. I don't know. But he showed up in a a shirt that was sort of wrinkled and sat in the interview, sort of, you know, slouched back and very mm, a little too casual and then later on one of the students told me that he had hit on her during the tour part and uh she goes i don't know if he's right for us dr bordenave i said yeah i don't think so a bad signal right there yeah Uh, you know, we're focused on those things a lot. A lot of professionalism, Chris. You got something to add? Yeah, Jimmy. Just one of the things that you said too. And as we are hitting on this, and the the impression that they're making, this is like we treat our patients. As soon as you see them out in the parking lot and walking in the door, you start to analyze their gait. You start to you have this perception of observation of who this person is, and then it gets reinforced or or not as they come through the interview. And I think. Anybody coming to an interview, as soon as you enter that parking lot, you should be in interview mode. So no matter walking across the parking lot, if you're in there the whole time, you're interviewing with everyone. Your other applicants that are there, everybody, they're, you're being watched. And we're seeing how you interact. All right. So we've mentioned um, faculty. We've mentioned other students, right? We, you know, current students being the, the eyes and ears. I know for a fact, one of the most important aspects in terms of how, how to make a, a PT school run well is your staff. And I've heard some stories about per- prospective students mistreating staff, and that is a gigantic red flag. Have you guys experienced that before? Oh, yeah, all the time. And I honestly, if you mistreat the admissions staff or my, or my administrative staff, that's, that's a no for me. 
that's a big deal for me. This is uh, this is one on one. Maybe maybe I'm a, I was tipped off on this only because my mom worked in you know ad- administration and. If you want to make sure something doesn't get through to the person you're trying to communicate, uh, anger the first person you see at the front door, and you will—it's it, going—it's uh, going nowhere. Um, in uh, in terms of interviews, one tip that uh, I actually thought of, I f- totally forgot about until Sky and I were talking this afternoon. I wound up accidentally—I swear it was not on purpose—interviewing the alum Megan Pohl, who was interviewing me for my one-on-one interview. Halfway through, I realized like, oh, we're talking about her a lot, but she seems happy. So I'm going to keep going with that. By the time we walked out, I convinced her that she should sign up and run her first triathlon. And I figured I either hit a home run or struck out completely because we talked a lot about her. But I got in, so I, I don't think I shot myself in the foot. But, you know, as someone who interviews people for a living, making conversation about them and the line I use a lot, which is if you want to appear interesting be honestly interested and and that starts a conversation around whatever you have either in common or completely different and that's a great conversation starter if you want to leave an impression that's the way to do it would you guys suggest something similar or you know interview stories or strategies shocking that you tried to interview someone during your <laughs> but here, here's how it happened. And I've, I actually took flack for this um, from some people who I had review my, my resume was, why would you put triathlon? Like on the bottom, I had, you know, New York City marathon finisher and triathlon and, you know, swim coach. And they're like, that's not professional. I was like, well, I had a few spaces at the bottom. And wouldn't you know it, most of the time when I'm on an interview, those are the things that get brought up because they're a lot of the things at the top are, okay, you went to college. Got it. What did you major in? Now, I had a degree in journalism, which was kind of weird, and that stood out. So we talked about that for a minute. But then she went right to the bottom and, and picked out that triathlon thing. She's, you know what? I've always wanted to do that. My response of, when are we going to do that? Why haven't we done that just yet? And next thing you know, I'm the one asking the questions. But I guess I was memorable um, because I got into school. But it, 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 it certainly made me feel better because I was the one asking the questions. Well, it showed that you were comfortable. And I think that that's huge. And that's really hard to do. So Obviously, it's a contrived environment. People are really nervous. There's a lot on the line. But really, the interview process is for us to get to know you. So those things that you're talking about, right? I mean, Lori's and Chris have already sort of said, like, you know, you made it through the the grading part. Like, everyone that comes to the interview, and it's the same at Marymount, they, they all are eligible to enroll. And we just unfortunately and fortunately we have this huge pool to pick from for only 38 spots so it really is and and it's not a profound thing but i am really drawn towards people who are comfortable in their own skin and they've thought about why they're sitting in that chair across from me right there and and they've they've given some thought to what they want to do as their next step it doesn't have to be for the rest of their life but they're they're committed to this idea of being a successful physical therapist. So that, that to me is, and it's, it's not easy to do that, but that, that's sort of what makes people stand out for me. All right. So we talked about one-on-one interview. We talked about presentation we talked about, you know, the application and how to make sure to be really thoughtful about that. How about group interview? I lucked out because I, you know, as a second career student, I sort of figured out what the group interview was before we walked in the room and I was watching one kid kind of miss the point. So for for our group interview, it was similar to what was mentioned before. It was a, a situation where we had to come and work together. Uh, one of the male students in the room with us uh, tried to essentially take control and dominate the room, to which I just sort of sat back and then waited till he ran out of air. Um, and in my mind, I'm watching the, the, the proctor kind of write things down. I'm like, well, it's nothing good. So you don't want to be that. So group interview tips. I mean, I saw it. It was how does this person react when they don't know something? So it's on purpose, I think, a topic that you're probably not going to have any experience in. But that's not the point. The point is the people sitting around you and how you interact. Any tips for those or how you've seen those go right or wrong? I think listening well is part of it. So you really need to listen to whoever's talking at the time and respond to what they are talking about if you have something to contribute. Um, Contributing something that's not relevant is an issue. Uh, Being too quiet and just sitting there and not responding at all to anything is a problem. So what you have to be is collaborative and interactive in actually bringing points up. Sometimes it's like you had mentioned, Jimmy, there's somebody there that was just keeps talking and things of that sort. 
Or and what do you do to assist that individual afterwards? Or what do you do to assist somebody that hasn't been chiming in? Right. To kind of bring everybody into the group. We're going to be professionals working into more of the interdisciplinary collaborations in interprofessional education. So you really have to be able to talk to others. Um, so that's that's part of it. In the interview, we're looking at that interaction piece. That, that's a really great uh, viewpoint, Chris. Lori, what do you think about that? Would probably be a great way to do it on your group interview. Yeah, we, we've never done group interviews, so I don't have personal experience with that. But, you know, I think that idea, we, we have a Q&A afterward where there's a whole group of students in the space. And I really like when they've, oh, so-and-so, that person over there just said this. Can I tag on to that so that you can really see that they're, they're listening and they're engaged with what's happening in the space? And I think that that's a really great great uh, aspect of an individual that they're present in the moment right and recognizing other people and what they contributed instead of making it about me it's about we yes uh, yeah and then not always like here's how great i am but wow that was a really great point that that person brought forward yeah. you know thanks for sharing that yeah, yeah. you want to be appear interesting be and be honestly interested sky what do, what do you want to add you mary Mount has the group interview um uh, aspect as well yeah, and we do it also so that the applicant, because we're a problem-based curriculum, so we also do it so the applicants can see this is what an actual class would be like, so they can make an informed decision. But, you know, I just wanted to add that I I echo everything that Lori and Chris have said. Um, and I think it's really hard, and I'm not trying to be generational, but many of the students that are applying, it is a highly competitive process. So they're sort of ingrained to be highly competitive. And, you know, we're saying be your authentic self, but to some people that translates into be the best you can. And if you pull a bunch of physical therapists, they're not a really uber competitive bunch, right? We're very collaborative. So it really does sort of stand out when you see someone who just comes in and dominates and it really is a negative, um, but it's a learned skill. So I think, again, do your homework. And if you know that you're going to go through a group interview, it would make sense to participate in a panel um, and, and, and get feedback, right? I think that's another huge um, theme. And Chris brought it up with the application processes. Don't be afraid to ask people to review your materials. And I and I think, again, there's a lot of this ingrained competitiveness that people are really afraid to show their weaknesses. Um, and that, that you're going to have weaknesses, we all do. Um, so, so I think that that's a really important part is if you do that sort of reflection piece and figure out where you need to sort of, um, you know, finesse, that will help you in the interview. But yeah, the, the person who doesn't speak at all is sometimes better off than the person who comes in like a bull in a china shop. Coming in hot, yeah. That's always difficult to recover from. Um, so let's get really specific for these, and it hurts me every time I say this, unprecedented times. Um, a lot of applications, uh, excuse me, interviews are going to Skype or video using the technology you were using right here. Um, what would you guys recommend if that is going to be your situation? Um, it, which can also make for some uncomfortableness, even if you're sitting in your living room, that's still a, a weird situation. Any advice for prospective students on a Skype or video interview? Well, remember, it's still an interview. And not only do you need to think about how you're presenting, right? And so, you know, as all of us were preparing to come here this evening, we probably made sure that our hair was combed and, you know, that, <laughs> you know, that we had on, close and um but but also where is the space that you're going to be doing this i mean you guys already heard at one point my dogs came barreling down the stairs barking like wild animals and um you know i needed to mute myself but it can i be in an environment where that's not going to happen or maybe i want to say at the beginning listen i live by myself i have a dog i i really all i apologize preemptively for the right. fact that that might happen, right? Um, and thinking about where you are, right? So are you sitting in your um, living room with some strange poster behind you? Or are you sitting in a space where, um, you know, 
<laughs> it's a little bit more new. So thinking about those sorts sure. of things, don't make, you know, everything we think about when we're doing any kind of video capture, what's the lighting like? Can they see your face? Um, so those are, you know, mechanics of things, but they can make a world of difference in how you come across in that interview. Um, it, when when they turn on the videos, you know, when they turn on their video. Yeah. So really just focusing on environment, right? So mm -hmm. I feel like the, the the dress and the presentation of your physical body stays sa the same, if not similar, um, but also like understanding sound, light. Um, I would add making sure that camera angle isn't directly, you know, up your nose. Uh, so understanding uh, where to position these things to best present yourself. So that person isn't thinking about, wow, that's a really weird poster behind. Uh, all of a sudden they're thinking about that and not you. That's not what you want. Uh, Chris, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. And I was just going to say, um, I actually have no idea what I was going to say. That's okay. We'll come back. We'll, come Chris. back. Uh, we'll go to Chris next. Have any, any advice in terms of Skype? I'll probably say what I was going to say. <laughs> Am I taking your thunder there? <laughs> no, stay away. <laughs> well, our interviews actually were all online this time for, because of COVID and everything going on. Um, you know, our faculty is very disappointed because we love to show the building. We love to show what we um, have here for everybody to see. But one of the things, as you all are mentioning, make sure your background's appropriate. Make sure that you're ready for um, the interview dressed properly, but also watch your mannerisms and some of the things that you're doing non-verbally. I mean, in, in person, we can see a lot of that, but even on the videos, we see you even more. So even when we teach classes, we can see people fidgeting and what they're doing at the time because we have all your faces on the screen. So be conscious of that, that you are being seen whenever you're on video. Yeah. Uh, so that's very important yeah, to, good advice. to actually watch. Mm -hmm. Skype going video, going Skype. What would you? What do you suggest uh, for for pers prospective students or anybody who's utilizing this technology? Well, I had to do my whole entire board of directors interview via Zoom and didn't. That was never done before. So I got this trial by fire. So um, I literally practiced and practiced and practiced. Jimmy was on my practice team and. Um, I think maintaining eye contact, well, I know <laughs> maintaining eye contact with the camera is challenging because Art. you also want to look at who you're talking to, but a lot of times those don't match up. So um, just practicing with that. And again, that whole point of, you know, not being fearful to ask for help. So, you know, get your friend on Zoom and make sure that your audio quality is okay. I also think that um, I would like to, if any potential applicants happen to be watching this, just to say, also have a little grace because something might go wrong on the faculty end and something might go wrong on the student end. I mean, we might have weather events, you know, just know that everybody's going to put their best foot forward and don't panic. If yeah. you can't log in or something, you know, have a backup plan, make sure that you know what the number is of who you're supposed to call. You know, I know we have a zoom link and then if the zoom link doesn't work, then we forward to a phone number that goes to our office phone. So just being prepared and having all that information will make it a much more pleasurable experience for yeah. you as the applicant, because you will, I don't, you know, don't let things that could potentially stress you out, get in the way of, of you showing your best self. Yeah. Boy Scout motto, be prepared. Right. But you're, you're bringing up some good points, which is understand how this medium is going to operate. What, what platform am I on? Just a couple of weeks ago, I was giving a presentation for the New England virtual conference. And I was like, great. What's the, what's the platform? Oh, it's, it's online virtual. No, 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 no. I want to know the hardware using zoom, go to webinar. Are we doing this? Some, I haven't, I haven't uh, heard of yet. How do I share my screen? Like, that might be not be applicable for an interview, but it might, I, I don't know. So understand the physics of how this environment works, right? You know, we had an audio issue a second ago that happens. We roll with it, but had I not known how to use this equipment, I would have just had to eat it. But I know how to mute somebody's mic. So really being prepared with this new this new piece of equipment because this is now in between you and the human that you are trying to give your best self to it and give it a, a great representation. Uh, Jimmy, so, back to that point about the, the um, administrative staff, when something does go wrong, it's typically that person that you're calling to say something's gone wrong. And... I mean, you want to be as polite and professional as you possibly can be in that moment. You're probably super stressed about it. You're probably freaking out. 
And but you need to be as professional as you possibly can be because that person, it, first of all, they're more likely to help you and fig, help you figure things out. But also, they're taking note of that. Yeah, please and thank you. I, I always say, like, if you're in an anxious situation, like, speak to your anxiety or speak to someone. Hey, listen, I'm I I apologize. I'm so stressed. I apologize if I'm coming across. I'm just so nervous and this thing disconnected, and I'm just trying to make sure I'm not late because I don't want to appear like I don't care. That says all that person needs to hear. Okay, how can I help you? Um, so yeah, taking you know, making sure, making sure you're nice to people. Everything we need, everything we needed to know, we covered in kindergarten. And realize that in the beginning too, from even when you're applying, you're working with some graduate admissions counselors and others. We get a report from them prior to entering into the phase where we do interviews. So they'll let us know if there's one to look for that might be a challenge for us because they weren't prepared enough where they didn't look at the information and they asked quite a few questions. And it's not a problem to ask questions, right. but if it's something that you can glean off of the internet or if it's something that you continuously come back, you know, that, that gives us a sign that, well, maybe you're not preparing enough. You're not actually ready to get into an actual doctoral program because you're not doing your homework. Yeah. Um, even after I got into the program and we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but, you know, our one of our administrative assistants, who is awesome, who's probably one of the reasons I graduated, Becca, um, I made sure like everything that I needed to get in, like all my shot records and my paperwork and this and that. I was like, whatever the deadline is, I'm going to be minus a week. So I'm going to get it in a week because you never want to be that one fly in the ointment who's holding everything up because he, for the next three years, that person can really help you or. Maybe not if if you're not deserving of that help. Um, I got one more ma major topic to come to, but we did get a really great question from Katie Sutton. Experience with PTAs applying to PT school. If so, any advice? So PTAs looking to make a transition um, to uh, PT school. What any, any advice or that you've seen? We've had a couple of PTAs go through our program, and honestly, I think that they present really well in their application. They really um, uh, highlight your PTA experience, but also highlight why it is you want to transition to this higher level of education. You know, what is your rationale? What is the reason that you're making this move? But my experience has been they've been great applicants and really amazing students. Yeah, you've got some really great specific narrative stories to draw from in your experience as a PTA. I mean, I'm going to say that it's probably going to be a really a really good applicant. Any, any, uh, Chris, Sky, any, uh, any uh, insight PTAs with the uh, with the application to PT school? Yeah, everybody brings their talents to the table, and that's part of it. Then, if you have that experience as a PTA, that will come out in your interviews and your comfort level with working with others and working with patients and and those types of things. So that's something that you can optimize as you're practicing to get into interviews, and you know, and if you're not a PTA or if you don't have those other disciplines, you do have talents to bring. And that's what we're looking for, too. But the PTA is very well prepared, typically, to come into programs. Yeah, I use this this analogy so much. It's literally a post-it note next to my computer, which is like, just what can you connect to the thing that you're talking about, right? If, if, if B is physical therapy, right, what is yours? Mine happened to be radio. Or in my interview, it was, you know, the sport of triathlon because I found out that that was something the other person wanted to talk about. And I get super excited to talk about things. Shocker. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, man, a PTA applying to PT school, that's going to have some really specific and applicable stories, narratives, drives. Uh, Sky, anything you want to throw in here? Uh, yeah, we've had um, some very successful candidates and I can, you know, echo what Lori said, what's really stood out during the application process, they, they are excellent students when they're in the curriculum, but if we're talking just about the application process, it's really about their narrative on, they are already doing patient care, so they know that they love that and what are they looking for to propel themselves to this other level, right? So, you want it to be deeper than I want to make more money and be called doctor. So, <laughs> um, be more and, and, and I have had, you know, real, so just be prepared for that question. And, and I'm sure that you have an answer, but I think you would be foolish if you were a PTA candidate and you didn't think that you were going to get asked that in an interview. Yeah. That's great. All right. Last thing I want to bring up, I would be a bad podcast uh, host if I didn't bring up something. We've got, you know, a member of the APTA board of directors here, right? So we got to bring in, tie everything to our professional organization. Um, how can an applicant 
demonstrate APTA core values, and this is kind of like a tip, like maybe you should be bringing that up, right? How can an applicant best demonstrate some APTA core values through their application? Any suggestions that you guys would do there? Absolutely. I mean, I, first of all, learn what those are. What are the core values of the APTA? Get on the APTA website, look it up and find out what those core values are. Then you can see one of them is accountability. We talked a lot about that already. And how are you accountable to get your information in to PTCAS or into our centralized application system is PTCAS, but into the program that you're applying to? Do you get it in on time? Do you have everything there? So that's part of the accountability piece. But we also have some things that you'll see with altruism. Okay, so altruism is how are you looking for helping the other more so than yourself at different points in time that can come across in your resume or can come across in what you write in an essay or, or what you present in an interview. So if you walk down through each of those areas of the APTA core values, and then look at your application and say, how does this apply to it? How does this apply to it? Because these are the core values of our profession that we all try to live by as we move through our profession as, as physical therapists. So I think it's a good thing to use that as a, a sort of a, a guide for you and how you're putting it in there and what's that telling your yeah. admissions committee. No wasted words, right? No wasted space, no wasted opportunity in terms of a question. Sometimes there's an essay question, um, but tying those core values in. Um, any any different ways that you guys would want to chime in on, uh, Sky, Lori, about bringing those core APTA values? Smart move, right? If you're thinking about it, it's your, it's your, it's your governing body of, of your profession. I would just say, I, I agree with Chris that spending time on the APTA website just spend a little time there, peruse around, look and see what's there, have a little foundational understanding of PT. We're not expecting applicants to understand PT at the depth they will when they graduate, but you should have at least a basic understanding of where the profession is, where the professions come from, where the profession's going. And I think that the APTA website, core values, um, code of ethics, the professional standards, all of those things can really help you to have uh, a little bit deeper understanding. Yeah. No pressure, Sky. We're talking APTA core values and you're on the board of directors. So this one's teed up for you. Well, you know, that was the essay question several years ago on PTCAS was looking at the core values and how do you fit into those? And uh, unfortunately, I read too many essays that people made up what a core value was. Oh, I think. No. <laughs> so, you know, um, that could be a problem. I really, I really agree with Lori in that we don't necessarily need our applicants to know every single thing there is about physical therapy. But if you go into your interview and you're talking about your own personal experience through physical therapy, that's valuable, but that's a very narrow view on things. So the more that you can learn about what you're about to embark on, right? Because I usually say to people, I'm like, congratulations, you made it this far in the process. That has been a lot of work for you. So, you know, you should really want to dive into it. You know, if you're, if you say you're passionate about it, you sort of have to prove to us that right. you're passionate about it. And people that really do want to be in the field will have some, uh, you know, ideas about what are, not only the wonderful things about physical therapy, but maybe also what are some things that have been challenging? Um, you know, what has happened this past year? I mean, have they thought about that? How is the practice potentially going to change? So there's, you know, the consumer page on the, the Choose PT portion of the APTO website. That's a great place to start. Um, what are we telling our consumers? Um, what is our marketing plan? Those kinds of things are also really interesting to bring up. So even if it's that you are um, not diving in deep to, you know, the Medicare cuts and those sorts of things on the webpage, um, you know, just just really being informed about what our profession is now and where we're trying to go, I think, is a really smart move for applicants. And making sure you know what those core values are and you haven't just invented one. That would probably be step number one. Um, anything I didn't ask, anything that you'd be you 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 would think is is important for prospective uh, applicants for PT school, wanted to just you know just share really good insights. So anything I didn't get to ask that that you think that would would be a, be good for this audience, or I'm just the best podcast host ever and I nailed all the questions. I don't know. Like you tell me. 
I can I say consumer beware? What do you mean? What does that mean? Consumer well, so there's a lot of proprietary, um, uh, you know, everyone has their right to market a product in the United States. Um, but there are some, I think, potential red flags for people who do not currently sit on admissions committees. Ne never have they sat on an admissions committee and they're giving advice and they're giving advice at a cost. So I would just say be a very conscious consumer. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a bridge in Brooklyn. If you, uh, if you want to, if you want to take a shot at buying that, I can sell it to you. So yeah, there are some people out there who will peddle advice. And a lot of times they, they might not have ever actually sat in an admissions, uh, you know, meeting, or they've never spent an hour reviewing an application or trying to decide between, um, you know, who, who's a good fit for my program versus, uh, you know, a good fit, but maybe just not for the school. So being an educated consumer, I think that's really great advice. Yeah. And I think that applies to just where you choose to apply to, right? Yeah. So know what the program is about. Know a little bit about it. You can see a lot on a, on a website. You can learn a lot about a program, who their faculty are, kind of what their mission and vision is. So you, there's a lot that you can learn um, through PTCAS. Know all that stuff. Don't apply to a program that's minimum GPA is a 3.3 and yours is a 2.8. You're not going to get in. Pick a program that you match to academically, that you match to relative to what they're looking for. First of all, it's going to be a better experience for you as a student when you do get in. Yeah, agreed. Um, you guys ready to play three questions? Yeah, now sure. I'm the one who gets to ask the academics the questions. Sir. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends at Arius Medical Staffing. They are leaders in uh, hashtag travel physical therapy. Let your PT degree, PTA degree, or licenses take you where you want to go. Uh, find them at aureusmedical.com. All settings, all 50 states, and Washington, D.C. Um, just see what they have to offer. See what's available. See where there is a need. Again, aureusmedical.com. Um, let's start with Sky, and we'll go around the horn. First question is where question. Once it is safe to be free and move about the country. Sky, where in the 50 are you going? I'm going to Kentucky to visit my good friend, Connie. Yeah, Hansen. down to Kentucky. And drink bourbon. And drink <laughs> bourbon. If there, if there was ever a better, two great reasons for a trip, Connie Hauser and bourbon in Kentucky is it. Chris, where are you going once it's free and you safe? Know, I, I would have to pick Hawaii, but I can only do it for three months because I can't be just around water that whole time. But Hawaii, there's a friend that uh, actually is from from Micronesia that has family there. So it'd be great to see the culture in Hawaii. And I thought that would be great to visit his family and if he would be able to go and, and get a little bit more of the, the, you know, how is it to live on an island? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Laura, where are you headed? You're in Arizona. Where are you headed once it's free and safe? Oh, this is pretty boring, but I think I'm going to go to San Diego. It's There's beach, there's mountains, there's hiking. It's the perfect weather all the time. I don't. I don't think suggesting San Diego is a boring thing ever. We're gonna, <laughs> those things are, should never be in the same sentence. Well, Kentucky, Hawaii, San Diego. There's people there, which means PTs. So why not do a short-term or long-term assignment again from our friends at Arius Medical Staffing? Second question is a what question? Uh, what's something you've watched, read, uh, listened to, book, movie, podcast, something? We're doing a lot of the Netflix. A lot of the, like my queue is growing uh, during the COVID. As, uh, as we're calling it. So what's something you think the audience would get value from? Sky, you're bad lead off. Oh, I'm sorry. I read something extremely informational and nerdy today, but uh, I'm using it to uh, be the backdrop for a case that I'm making up tonight after this podcast. Um, I just read uh, Health and Human Services, 20 page white paper for the vaccine rollout plan. Wow, I like that. I'm going deep right there. But it's, it's actually quite interesting because it goes into all of the factors from, you know, distribution to freezer space to prioritization, and so it was. It was. It was a knee slap and good time. That's why that was on NPR this morning. That's what I was listening to on their podcast. Perfect. All right, so we're going white paper right off the bat. Badly, of course. What do you got? I love the Jim Collins books. So good to great. So people have probably heard that one quite a bit. But if you haven't read Great by Choice, 
it's really how to to stay in and and do a 20 mile march is what they call it and actually not try to take a grab of of power or the opportunities but that constant perseverance and steadiness but um i did want to let our audience know too because this is something that sky had mentioned in grit angela duckworth's book on grit is something that um our audience should take a look at too, because it has a lot of good information. Ah, there we go. It's right there too. Now, all of these are based on research. Yep. You know, the Jim Collins books are based on research. Angela Duckworth's books based on research, but it really gives you some insight to to actually self help or like bettering yourself. All right, Lori, book, movie, podcast. What's something you think the audience would get value from? Oh, I keep getting. There we go. Um, I. I'm currently reading Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, um, and I really, really like that a lot. That's um, I hadn't read that until now, and I'm really enjoying her framework. And again, another leadership book that's based on research. Um, so there you go. And um, but my honestly, my favorite leadership book, although maybe Brene is going to become my favorite leadership book, I don't know, is Kuz and Posner: The Leadership Challenge. That's my favorite. I love it. See, this is the reason I do this is completely selfish for three questions. I'm just building up my reading queue or my Netflix queue or my podcast list, whatever. Uh, last question. We start now with people. Who is someone the audience should know more about? We'll go with Sky first. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a cop out on this one, but I think everybody should give a big round of applause to all of their state chapter presidents because they have been really unsung heroes this whole time with COVID and just hearing some of their stories at the board meeting, it was, their efforts have been heroic. So I just want to give them all a shout out. I like that. State chapter presence. All right, Chris, who is some of the audience should know more about? You know, I keep bouncing to my mentors. One was Gary Claybone at Ohio University, but also Andrew Guccione, who's APTA. And some people don't get to know those individuals as well. But the one I really wanted to go to was Gail Jensen. Now, Gail, she may not think that she was a mentor to me or so, but when I became a dean at one point, I went to a conference and she was the only other dean there that was a PT. She took me under her wing. And, you know, one of those things that I did was I've kept contact with her, but it's observing her in what she does. And especially in her engagement with others and her true authentic altruism. So I think Gail Jensen is somebody to get to know better if you haven't. Love stories like that. Lori, who's your who? Who should we know more about? So I'm going to pick a non-PT person, um, and I'm going to give a shout out to another podcast. Sorry, Jimmy. Okay. Um, Hidden Brain, Shankar Vedatham. Yeah. I'm in love with him. and um, But I think every PT should listen to his podcast because he really does all of this social science research and talks about social science research. And I think as PTs, knowing and understanding that is so important. And he just kind of takes some of this fuzzier stuff maybe sometimes or heady stuff and he brings it down here and he does such an amazing job at it and he's a delight to listen to and he's got a cool voice he does exactly it's hard to beat right him and guy Roz from npr guy oh, Roz, exactly. voice man he's got all right so that's uh, that's three questions from our friends at arius medical staffing again a-u-r-e-u-s medical.com last thing we do on the show is the parting shot Parting Shot is brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. ISCs, that's Independent Study Courses. Uh, they've got current concepts of uh, orthopedic physical therapy. If you're sitting around saying, hey, an OCS, where do I even start? Uh, start there. Just start with the reading list alone for current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. You might get a little bit of a wrist injury just from scrolling because there's a it's it is it is dense, but that's what you need. Uh, also, some new courses out right now: the running athlete. A lot of people during COVID were uh, were picking up those running shoes, and if they're going to start to come into your practice, and maybe you want to bone up on that uh, the running athlete, and then they went super micro tissue tolerance. Uh, so find those available now at orthopt.org. So parting shot is your last chance for a mic drop moment. What do you want to leave with the audience? We'll go reverse. We'll go Lori first. Oh, dang. What, what do you want to leave with the audience? What's We'll, we'll focus on the, the audience today, really. People considering or going through the application process. What's, what's a, a sentiment or one piece of advice you'd want to make sure that they held close to their heart? Everybody has a story. Everybody. Know your story. 
tell your story. Um, and I think that that will make you genuine and, and really get you further by telling that story. Everybody has a story. It's sure going to make you stand out too. It'll make you memorable. And, uh, and as you, we really found out tonight, um, there's a lot of people who apply to PT school with a lot of these characters, uh, characteristics. Let's help, let's help you stand out and that's it. Tell your story. Uh, Chris parting shot. What do you want to leave? Optimize your talents. You have a lot of talents to bring to the table. Uh, you have to be academically capable with that passion and grit that we talked about. We know that you're caring individuals since you're looking into a health profession, but what you need to do is look at what your talents are and bring that to the table. Yeah, yeah, just connect the dots, right? A to B. What can you bring to this profession? Because the profession will benefit. The profession, the program, your patients, your colleagues, if you bring that into the profession, we're going to benefit. Sky, you've, you've done a bunch of parting shots before. You've been on the show a few times. Uh, what do you got for this particular audience, though? Well, I got to go with my favorite philosopher, yes, Yoda. And Phantom Menace, he says, fear is the path to the dark side. So, you know, I like to say, don't let fear paralyze you, but Yoda says it better. So I don't be afraid of showing your true self in the interview. Be prepared, but don't be afraid and, and, and try not to let fear overcome your ability to shine. Yeah. Leave it with, with Yoda and baby Yoda is now in space. As of today, we saw that, right? Just before we went on the air, we found out that one of the, uh, one of the astronauts actually brought baby, a baby Yoda to space. Now, Yoda is truly interstellar. Uh, Lori, Chris, Sky, appreciate uh, your time and giving us this quality insight, good in, good information to combat maybe some of the bad or the shady out there. Um, make sure you drop those questions or comments in if you're watching or listening to this in, in, in the aftermath. But uh, we, we want to say thank you guys for coming on here and sharing some, some insight that you guys have earned uh, at, working with PC programs around the country. Thank, thank you, you so us. much. Thank fun. you. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.